everybody. My name is Somia. Welcome to Aushada Blog. This is episode number one of the podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Ramya. Hi, Ramya. Hi, Somia. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so before we begin, I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, a little bit about your college background and what you're currently studying. Yeah, absolutely. So currently I am finishing up my undergrad in psychology at USF and I'll be starting uh, my PsyD program, which is which stands for Doctor of Psychology um, at George Fox University in the fall. Wow, congratulations. Thank you so much. So um, I wanted to kind of know a little bit about your journey and where everything began. So when you first got to college, did you know you were going to major in psychology or go into the path of becoming a psychologist? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so I, I'm South Asian. I'm also a first generation immigrant that moved here. So, um, you know, I think by now it's kind of, um, I think we all know that South Asians, um, a lot of South Asians want to become doctors or engineers. So I kind of had uh, a similar pressure to be a doctor because um, my dad's side of the family pretty much are all physicians. And um, and for a long time, I really believed that I wanted to be a doctor. Um, but then, um, you know, in high school, I started volunteering in hospitals and, and I really loved working with people. And um, I really loved listening to people's stories, being there for them. And um, it was an absolutely life-changing experience. And once I went, <clears throat> sorry, once I started college, um, I started out as a bio major thinking that I wanted to be a doctor because that's like the typical route if you're from the Bay Area and you want to be a doctor. Everyone chooses bio major um, because, you know, you are able to finish all your requ prerequisites and apply straight to medical school or PA school, uh, whatever you're, you desire. Uh, desired. So, um, that's what I did. I missed, applied as a bio major, but then my first year in biology, I didn't really love it. I didn't find a passion in it and it really showed with my grades. I did not get <clears throat> the grades I kind of hoped for. And um, it was really, it was really heartbreaking because I kind of had like an identity crisis where I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Because I really love working with people when I really wanted to be a clinician. Um, but then I enrolled myself in a couple of psychology courses and immediately fell in love. Um, so that kind of took me in a different direction. Um, and yeah, and I really want, I, after I learned more about psychology, the more I wanted to do it and I see the impact that I'm able to have with people who have um, mental health conditions. So you mentioned that um, you took a few psychology courses in college. So were there any professors or clubs or any research projects that you were actively involved in that kind of helped fuel your passion for psychology? Yeah, actually, you know, I have to mention that I had my own personal mental health journey. Um, I was diagnosed with depression when I was about 16 years old, and I did advocate for myself to get therapy. I think it's 
worth mentioning that mental health is very stigmatized in Asian American communities. And, you know, I experienced that firsthand and it was really hard to get help. Uh, but fortunately, I had very supportive parents who kind of helped me through that journey. And I was, I was able to go to therapy um, and work on myself. And it was a really long journey and uh, it taught me a lot of different lessons. So I think that personal component also kind of really drove me towards psychology because I, I really didn't want people to suffer in silence. And I know that stigma is really damaging to a lot of individuals in in communities of color especially so um I, so basically i had a lot of experience working with children so um, i was a teacher's assistant then i worked with at a summer camp um and that's kind of and i also worked in hospitals during that time as an intern so i had this multiple experience working with children um, working in hospital settings. So I kind of knew that I wanted to be a clinician. I loved working with kids. Um, so then the next step was really, I, I wanted to see, dive a little bit deeper into mental health field. So I uh, started working with um, children on the spectrum. So I was essentially a behavioral interventionist or behavioral technician. And um, that was a really, different experience because you're applying ABA therapy to each of your clients. It's super specialized. It is, you know, catered to every client. It's catered differently to each client. Um, and you really have to like think about behavior. It is, you know, behavioral, you're teaching um, children behavior acquisition skills, um, trying to reduce maladaptive behaviors. Um, and I, I learned so much from that field. And it was during that period that I really realized that self-care is super important. And how like, if you're being the clinician, if you're being the therapist, if you're being the technician, it's super important to take care of yourself. So I wanted to expand a little bit deeper. Um, so after I completed the job, it was about only for five months, but I, I felt that I wanted to do more. So um, I started to advocate mental health at a nonprofit um, mental health organization called NAMI. Um, it, it's a great resource. I highly recommend anyone trying to get help go um, seek NAMI because they have free resources if you need help. And so I got myself involved in that um, organization. I'm still working with them and it's been an incredible journey. Um, and after that, I wanted to deep get a little bit more deeper into the field and i really wanted to work on some research um so i um contacted some faculty members at Torah university um, that were working on health psychology research studies at the time um so i started working with them on a couple of research studies and i learned how mental health and your physical health are integrated and that was fascinating for me to learn. And I learned that people of color tend to show a lot of somatic symptoms and it tends to have serious impacts on their physical health. And it's a moving field. And I really have a passion for integrated healthcare. So working alongside medical doctors um, as a clinical psychologist and treating the patient holistically um, made a lot of sense because 
a lot of people of color are very comfortable um, going to a primary care physician than a clinical psychologist or a therapist. So in this way, you're able to not only talk about their physical health, but you're also addressing mental health concerns. And it brings a lot more awareness to the client um, or patient. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think, I know I'm South Asian and, and mental health is definitely stigmatized. And also in the Bay Area, I think there's a lot of parental and peer pressure as well to do well in school, you know, go to a good college. But um, yeah, I definitely agree. So um, you mentioned that you were part of the nonprofit organization and you did um, a lot of research in your school. So how did you come to know about these opportunities? Was it through the university or did you kind of cold email or network with other students and professors? Um, actually, well, you'll, you know, this, I had to do a lot of research on my own. Um, I worked hard to get these opportunities, but I could have been, I could have been working smarter making connections with people. Um, I really wish I reached out a lot more to faculty because they know about opportunities in the in the area and in the field and they know how to connect you. Um, but I think I was a little hesitant or didn't really go out and ask them questions and for these opportunities. So instead, I kind of I kind of just had to do my own research and figure it out. But also I have to keep in mind that, you have to keep in mind that like clinical psychology, psychology in general was a new field for me and I didn't have any connections with people in the field itself. I knew a lot of doctors, physicians and other healthcare providers, but I didn't know people who are in in psychology in part of the field and so i had to build new connections so so a lot of it was just me figuring it out and you know st going and volunteering at organizations and then connecting with people there and then you get to another thing and then you find out another thing so it was really just branching out and i got lucky um but i would say i would really recommend connecting with your faculty and then branching out from there and starting to make connections in your new, you know, job environment. Okay, wow, interesting. So, um, I know, like, even when I was younger, psychology was very, like, stigmatized towards people that have, like, severe mental illness or, you know, need a lot of help and are struggling. But, you know, as I've read many articles and stuff, I realized that some people who just want to talk about their problems or anything would go to therapy. So do you think that the patients you see or have seen um, are usually people that are struggling um, a lot or is there a wide spectrum in that sense? I think mental health in general is on a spectrum. It's really difficult to just label somebody and put them in a box. Um, it differs from person to person, I think, which is why psychology is so complex because we all have different life experiences and a lot of other factors that contribute to the mental health itself. So, um, for example, even with my own mental health, I'll tell you this, depression is on a huge scale. You could have mild, moderate or 
severe depression and depression could look different some people ha could have psychotic features with their depression um, some people could have um, different waves and different lengths of depression as well so it really just depends so what's really important for a clinician is to identify those things and rule out other disorders um, and I would say like it's it's really complicated. So we have something called the DSM, which is uh, which has all the different mental health conditions and disorders, and it's kind of like a guidebook. So you you typically you have a criteria in order to diagnose someone, but sometimes it's really hard to you know it's just used as a guide, you know, and sometimes it's really hard because everyone you're on a spectrum, and sometimes it's really Hard to pinpoint where you lie in that um so it really is a spectrum and it really just depends from person to person so that's what makes a clinical psychologist unique because you have to make those decisions um and based on your diagnosis you would need different um therapy modalities or uh, pharmaceutical intervention so something that i've always wondered and i'm sure many how do you form that patient and doctor relationship and get people to kind of open up about their experiences? Yeah, um, it can be very difficult, but I, I, I will say that therapy is very, um, you have to do it on your own. Nobody can force you into therapy unless the patient has that kind of will to get better. That's when you come to therapy. So that's when it, where it starts. Um, and they have the desire to get better and want to do better because therapy doesn't work just by coming into therapy and you know, that's it, here I am, that's it. That's where the journey begins. Your recovery starts when you go, the, when you when you step into the, your, your first visit at a therapy session with a therapist, that's where it starts because that's really acceptance where you've come to terms with your mental health condition and you want to work on yourself because a lot of mental health conditions is that you have to consistently work on yourself. It takes a lot of resilience to keep at it for the rest of your life. For a lot of people, um, it takes a lot of maintenance. So you really have to put in the time and effort to work on yourself and be invest yourself into it. It's not something you just kind of come in and kind of Okay, I'm here. Let's let's get this over with. It's not one therapy and one therapy session and done. You have to come to multiple therapy sessions and then work on yourself. So essentially, what you're saying, like that relationship, is so important. And so when people already have that acceptance, they want to get to know your therapist. And and I think that the therapist and patient rapport is really important in how. Someone, it shapes someone's recovery. You have to feel connected to your therapist. And if you don't, say no, I don't feel comfortable working with you. I don't feel like there's a connection here, like a professional connection. I don't mean anything romantically, but you have to feel comfortable because you are sharing a huge chunk of your life with the therapist, right? And if you don't feel like it's sitting right with your heart, then switch and go to a different therapist that kind of fits in with your ideals and morals because that's what it's about. You need to have that connection with your therapist because um, 
it allows you to open up more and actually like be more invested in your therapy. psychology are kind of restricted to becoming clinical psychologists or psychiatrists or whether there's a wider range of opportunity beyond the more typical route that we usually encounter? Oh absolutely not. A lot of psych majors um, don't actually end up being clinical psychologists. Um, like I said the field is so diverse. You can literally go into it any field that you desire. In fact, a lot of people go to med school after majoring in psychology because um, psychology is very interesting and it's easy to take um, um, your prerequisites while you're in the major and they go into medical school. Some people go to PA school. Um, I would say that you're not really forced to go be a clinical psychologist just because you major in psychology. You can do um, industrial psychology, you can do social psychology, you could do um, sports psychology, um, and you know, you could be a nurse and do sports psychology and like practice these things. Um, you can also be a counselor, you could be, um, what else, a forensic psychologist where you're working, um, let's say the FBI and kind of um, understanding law and um, how different behaviors are there um or you can even i think there's also like there's literally the options are endless you, you're not restricted to being a clinical psychologist and you can also become a child psychologist you can become a neuropsychologist um there's there's a geriatric psychology which is um understanding thoughts and behaviors of older adults um so you name it, it, it you have the possibilities are endless. You can go into whatever you desire, really. Um, but you have to keep in mind that all of them are going to come under understanding a certain uh, behavior, thoughts, and patterns uh, of a certain population, uh, right? Because at the end of the day, psychology is understanding that that kind of behavior. Uh, a certain population so it's gonna have to it's, it's gonna be about understanding thoughts and patterns and behaviors but it's going to be related to some other topic as well so it could be endless endless opportunities i wouldn't say that people who go into psychology end up being clinical psychologists yes there is a lot of people that want to be that but there's still a lot of people who want to do other things with psychology and use it differently to their advantage um, I, I would say that it's even <clears throat> it's even more beneficial for you to pursue psychology than biology because with biology you only kind of have three options either you're going into some pre-med route or you want to be a researcher or you want to be a school teacher that's kind of your like three options or if you want to be a pharmaceutical um, rep um, and they make a lot of money but um, I want to be honest here because a lot of people think that, say that you have so many opportunities with a basic bio degree. And I'm like, 
No, I mean, nothing's wrong with the basic bio degree if you're interested in the options that I just mentioned. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying that a lot of people think that you have tons of opportunities when you really don't. You only have it in a specific field. You could you can also take your bio degree and be a genetics counselor if you're interested in that. But see, you have that pre-med track kind of, and you kind of have to, you know, kind of, or you have, a lot of people end up being scribes and scribes don't really make that much money. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a scribe, but I'm just saying that there's this false stereotype that bio is an amazing degree that has so many opportunities. But in fact, it doesn't really. I'd say you'd be better off with a psychology degree and you could venture out and go into so many different fields. In fact, a lot of companies um, in the Bay Area, like Google, Apple, are hiring fresh undergrad students who are psych majors because they know how to um, understand behavior and pattern and um, they want to know um, they they're interested in students who know how to analyze data um, and behavior and pa uh, behaviors so that they can apply it to their um, company uh, because a lot of what Facebook and Google do is see what kind of ads you're clicking and and they connect you to all, all those ads that show up on your Facebook Facebook is all based on behavior um, so they want they they want people like that. So, you know, your opportunities are endless. Um, you know, and I'm I mean I'm biased. I'm completely biased, right? But yeah. Yeah, no, I'm happy to hear that because I think like you mentioned, psychology is a diverse field and people that have like multifaceted interests, like like you just mentioned, people that are interested in maybe tech, but also psychology can go work at companies like Google, Facebook, and Apple. So that's, I'm glad to hear that. So um, you mentioned how uh, psychology is also kind of on a spectrum, right? You can't really label someone as you're this or you're that. So how would you, in your words, kind of define being a successful psychologist? Or what does success mean to you in terms of um, helping patients? That's a really good question because, you know, success in psychology or just being a clinician is really when you have, when a patient comes in and you have built, like just educated and built them up with really good coping strategies and they're, and they're able to you know, live life on their own and learn what it's like to live with a mental health condition. Um, and I would say that's the biggest success because for me as a clinical psychologist in the future, I think, um, <clears throat> I think it would be really heartbreaking for me to some, for someone to take their life after going through all all of therapy um and I what it and it won't be towards me but it would just be heartbreaking for me that um that's something unfortunate like that happened um it does happen every day a lot of people take their lives but I think I the reason why I got into the field in the first place was because I'm a huge advocate for therapy and there's the power 
just I, I simply believe just someone sitting there and listening to somebody talk that mere presence is truly powerful for someone who's very depressed it could go a long way um so for me i think that would be really heartbreaking um you know and i'm sure i'll have to deal with it someday but um i think success is celebrating all the small things um and making sure that people are making progress because at the end of the day that's what it's all about it's all a journey it's not about there's no end goal here really it's about working together um and developing really good relationships and making sure they're having good progress basically i would say is to help them get to their goals because everyone has goals um and if someone commits suicide is it's not because they gave up on life but it's because they didn't see that that their problem was had a solution um you know a lot of people say that you know oh it's so unfortunate that they took their life um but sometimes it's it's very complex they probably didn't have anybody and they were probably really isolated um they couldn't they probably didn't see like a different solution because they're just ruminating and it's difficult and um i think it's about making that progress and helping the individual get to their goals and helping them live their life because mental health is all about coping building coping strategies and helping individuals live their lives um to some to some level of normal really um so the i mean people with mental health conditions can most definitely live a really good life um it's about learning that really um so that for me that is success uh, there's no like end goal where it's like okay if i if i did this then i'm successful i think you know helping people through their journeys what what i'm all about especially as a clinician yeah that that makes a lot of sense and i think that idea of making progress you know everyone just thinks about oh i want to become better but it's about taking those steps to become better so that was really interesting to hear yeah i i maybe i will say that when i mean progress i don't mean just having everything positive happening and i mean progress and since there's going to be ups there's going to be downs it's going to be a roller coaster and no matter what you're still going towards a certain direction to where you're you know you're learning to live your life with the mental health condition so um that's what i mean by progress progress isn't just like always making sure you're hitting all the ups it's it's a roller coaster so you will go through a series of ups and then downs and you'll learn new things and i think growing from your mistakes and your behavior is what it's all about COVID-19, you know, the past year, a lot of people have been kind of isolated and disconnected from their peers or their families. So, have you do you think this has played in like a huge impact on people's mental health or have you seen that, you know, some people or patients that come in have gotten worse or you know, have been having more struggles because of the pandemic? I think the pandemic in general has um brought a lot of awareness to mental health 
So in that way, I think a lot of people who already have mental health conditions are kind of relieved in the sense that more individuals are able to understand what it's like to actually have a mental health condition and be isolated. Um, so it's brought in a level of awareness to where now self-care is really, you know, emphasized, um, which is great. Uh, but we still have a lot of work to do because um, how do we, I mean, how do we um, address all these individuals who are depressed and um, there's just not enough therapists in the world, you know? Um, but I think like, it's really important that we bring awareness so that it's more normalized that it's okay to have a mental health condition and you can still live a good life so it's about like i said i think it's about learning those coping strategies which is really important so now they're gaining a lot of attention which is great to see okay well yeah um i've definitely seen like with covid19 people on social media have began to create like organizations where people can come and talk to other people just to try to stay connected. So I think that's definitely really important too. So in terms of um, advice you would give to high school and college students that maybe want to pursue a field in psychology but aren't sure yet, uh, what advice or recommendations would you give to these students? So individuals who are interested in psychology but don't don't know what career, is that correct? Right. All right, so if, you, if you're not really sure if, about psychology, but you said they are interested in psychology. Yeah, so if they kind of have an interest in psychology but don't know really like what career path they want to go into yet, like maybe they want to go to med school or not med school, how would you say they would um, use the resources around them to learn more about these careers? I would actually be an undeclared major if that's the case because um, you have option to declare a major after your first two years I believe. So um, now if you're going to community college this is completely different, so I'm just specifically talking about individuals who are going to a four-year university because I know that community college is a little bit different and I'm not really too familiar with that process myself. So I know that if you enter a four-year university, um, you if you enter as an undeclared major, you have two years before you have to declare a major. So during that time, you kind of have to take a lot of different, a variety of classes. So Maybe if you're, if let's say you're thinking pre-med but not really sure, you have an interest in psychology but you're not really sure, I would say take a bio course, take take a chemistry course, take um, psychology, and you know do a variety of different things. Take computer science, you know, I don't know. Um, you could fit. I mean, just to understand your interest, and then see what you like because. Um, a college level biology course is very intense and it's very fast paced and it, a lot of people drop from their bio major after taking that class. A huge number of people drop out uh, from the major itself 
because it's so intensive and hard. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. If you still like it, then you know you could take more bio courses and then you could declare that major. Say suppose you like psychology, then you could take more psychology-based courses and then you could declare that major. So um, it really just depends. So I would that's my recommendation because um, you have flexibility to, to choose whatever you want to do. You're not bound to one major and then you're trying to like you're trying to change your major and it just becomes a huge hassle so i'd rather just you just start off as an undeclared major and then choose what you want to do then um kind of figure out thinking about choosing different switching your major which is fine a lot of people do switch majors but i'm saying it's a little bit more it can get complicated okay so kind of taking that time to really understand where your interests lie and kind of exploring different fields and really making sure that you know i'm interested in this and then delving deeper into that field is kind of the way to go yeah absolutely um i would agree with that and also i want to preface that i'm in no way an expert um this is just my personal experience and all of this information that I just shared um, applies to this particular time and context. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm a no way an expert in clinical psychology. This is what I've learned so far from my undergrad. I have still yet to go into grad school and learn deeper about clinical psychology itself. So this is based, whatever I've shared just to preface, it's just based on my personal experience and what I've learned thus far um, in my undergrad in psychology. But like I say, I think it's so important now to preface this to people because I think a lot of people take things out of context and just um, make some, something, when you take things out of context, it really doesn't like, um, it really does not fit in correctly. And so I think it's really important that y'all understand that I'm no expert. This is just my personal experience. Right, right. So um, we're coming close to the end. So kind of as a final question, um, is there anything that advice that you would maybe give to your younger self um, or for people that kind of are struggling with their own mental health journey? I, well, this is a tough question because I would say be a lot kinder to myself and um, I just let other people in my life um, kind of impact me and I wish I could go back in time and say that, you know, don't internalize too much what other people are saying and blame yourself um, because I think it contributes a lot of my depression. Um, so I think if I would go back in time, I'd just say be kind to myself and just follow my heart because um, I think I did end up following my heart, which is funny, but I would say be stronger and you know, don't be afraid to take don't be afraid to like take those chances and just go for it because um, it's scary, but 
I feel like I wouldn't, if I had to go back in time, I wouldn't change a lot of the things, but um, do I wish to have depression? Absolutely not. Um, but you know, that's that, that's life. You learn to like live with it and um, cope with it. It's not easy. Um, some days are harder than most. And, um, but I think that's the beauty of it. And I think if anyone out there who has a mental health condition, like, you can do it. Um, I know it's hard, uh, but you will get through this. You, it's a journey. Um, get to know yourself. You know yourself best. And just stick with your heart and do what's, whatever your heart tells you to do. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy, it doesn't really matter. Um, that's something I always tell myself because it's a really good reminder. Even if you have depression or don't have depression, I think it's a good reminder. At the end of the day, if you're not happy, is it really worth it? Yeah, that's great advice, honestly. So um, thank you so much for coming out to the podcast. You know, I learned not only a lot about clinical psychology, but also about your experiences and how they shape the person you are today. And for everybody listening, you can check out Ramya on LinkedIn or follow Aushila blog on Instagram for more updates on these types of healthcare features. So Ramya, thank you once again, and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Thank you so much for having me, Samia. Thank you.